This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. You like it. I think, but I, I, I do think the Strictly thing uh, should like celebrate the actual, you know, what's, what, what actually should be celebrated on, on Remembrance Day. And they should like have the dancers symbolically kill Nazis. I think that would be <laughs> great. Oh, God. But then that, I guess, would be p- too partisan, right? Like, yeah, yeah. the poppy should be a non-partisan uh, <laughs> or, or a non-bipartisan. What is the difference between partisan or bipartisan? Bipartisan means when it's for both sides. Yeah, that's like partisan for both. And then yeah, partisan okay. So the poppy should be a bipartisan issue of we all love war instead of like being a leftist <laughs> issue of we hate fascists. Yeah, and- I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, like just the uh, springtime for Hitler from the producers, but unironic. It, yeah. it literally is, yeah. Springtime. Oh, it's time. It's four twenty in New York. Nice. Plays it. NYC. Let's see if. Nice. Our American friends nice. will remember the Weed Minute. One day I'll write Happy British Weed Minute in there, and it will blow everyone's brain. <laughs> <laughs> remember the weed minute but give me shit when um when i say it's the weed minute and it's not because it's not my weed minute hashtag not my weed minute there's a weed um, minute every hour yeah, yeah if you think about if you it, believe in it there's it a weed minute, the weed minute always uh, at one point in in the imagine if time zones were like more granular mm-hmm. and that would be great oh uh, they just have like they used to have local time yeah, uh, but like the also the, the minutes should also be different, right? Like it's it's not always a different hour, but same minute, but it should be like... When they first whatever. got trains in Britain, people would um, get really confused because they were on London time, but then Bristol would be working in Bristol time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'd be like, where's my train? They're like, it's already left. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I think everyone and this this ties into the book we are discussing today because it also is about time so this is on topic but time. i think everyone should just have their own like internal time and their own personal time and that's what we should operate by and i think yeah i think that would be great hmm. anarchist time means that you can choose what time uh-huh. you want it to be you know how what time do you feel what time does it feel like in your in your heart uh. um uh, it feels like half past ten. Yeah. <laughs> In see here it is half past ten. So. Uh, so we're really also, connecting. The yeah, synergy exactly. is right. Yeah. Damn. This is this I'm, is beautiful. Oh, what's the what's the quote mm. today? What do we got? Mm, times change, and we change with them. William Henry Harrison. See, this is just what we were talking President, about. President, isn't it? Maybe. Uh, Who knows? Probably a war criminal. <laughs> All the quotes are from War Criminals. That's one of the things that you have to be in order to have yeah. a quote on time.is. He oh, was yeah. an American military officer and oh, ninth president of it. the United States. Okay, so he died of either typhoid, of, pneumonia, uh, or parathyphoid yeah. fever. <laughs> 31 yeah. days into his term, becoming the first president oh, to die in office and the shortest serving US guy. president in history. Okay, I respect that. So oh. when he says times change, he's not, he's not kidding around. Hey, I think I think Joe Biden should look at this and mm-hmm. uh, get, you know, he could make history. Listen, we're not saying that we want <laughs> Joe Biden to die. We're just saying that he could die. And he, he could die in a sooner amount of time than this guy died. Okay, William Henry Harrison probably was a war criminal because he defeated, Te- um, he won Tecumseh's war 
which was a Native mm-hmm. American uprising against the, uh, the the U.S. Oh, thank well, you. So, rest in piss, typhoid boy. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, think if fucked. Joe Biden like died within like thirty days into his term, becoming the uh, shortest ever serving U.S. president in like almost two hundred years, that then then people would like remember him for that and not for locking up children. Yeah, that would be something that would like you know would make him memorable. He would go in the history books. You know, that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. So it's really up to him at this point. Listen, last week we said whoever became president, we wouldn't like. Yes. <laughs> and this week? And this week, how do you feel about that statement? <laughs> I, I think Joe Biden's good, actually. There's, there's no problems with him, either now or in his past. <laughs> A bold yeah, I saw the SNL bit where like him and Kamala were showing an, a funny L to Donald Trump. That's pretty epic. And- yeah, and I realized that actually he's a he's a great guy, and I love him. Mm. I I will I will go ahead. I I don't only not hate him anymore. I love him, and that's why I, I wish <laughs> him I wish him luck in beating uh, William Henry Harrison's record. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Joe Biden takes takes the oath in front of everyone on the National Mall, uh, and all all of his blood comes out of his eyes, and he dies. Mm-hmm. That would be horrible, and I would hate to see it. But you know, it would be very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I think that would actually be a good thing because then we get uh, our US Queen (laughs) girl boss, Tim's. She's wearing Tim's. She's wearing Tim's. Very cool. It is very cool. Um, If only we could afford Tim's. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine like two historic things happening so close in a row, right? Like first president to like bleed out of his eyes less than 30 days into his term yeah and then first girl boss tim's wearing president that would be that would be a historical turn up for the books i think if i think so we had a tim's wearing mm. president she would be the first tim's wearing president ever to exist so that's pretty <laughs> exciting pretty and epic. there's like nothing historic that like happened this year so i think i think it's really time for, for like, something that we can remember I've really been year. very bored this year, um, yeah. and I'm I'm looking forward to something more exciting happening um, <laughs> in the future. <laughs> 2021 year of uh, excitement, can't wait. It is like so fucked up to think back of like just things that happened technically this year, right? Like I remember <laughs> recently that Keep Your Hands Off Azuken, the anime, happened <laughs> this year. Um, mm-hmm. It was in like January or February, but it happened this year, right? A parasite winning the Oscar happened this year. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. It's very That's weird because, like, at the beginning of this year, um, there was all the floods, and I was doing flood relief at Pontypridd, and that feels like a hundred years ago. Yeah, I had one podcast at the beginning of this year. Yeah, mm. I had. That's none. really the worst thing to happen. <laughs> and now I have half of one. You have a whole one. You have a whole podcast that you do. Yeah, but um, people have to pay more for me not to be on it. <laughs> That's only by your own choice, sir. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I think I think it's an economic decision for for all of us. Um, I think you should come on come on some of our Patreon episodes and read the funny book that we're writing. I think you'd like yeah, it. Yeah, I, w- I would. I would be happy to. I I, I will. Good. You should. Okay, <laughs> that was easy. 
Yeah, we persuaded him. Well done, everyone. Give yourselves a pat on the back. We did it. Mm. I'm un- I'm unfurling a banner that says a mission accomplished. <laughs> and it's, yeah. uh, Another historic victory. <laughs> stood up, stood up. <laughs> Everyone's clapping. I, I'm going to actually rouse a violent insurgency based upon uh, like a uh, multi-ethnic and religious coalition of, of, of different groups in, in the bonus episodes, and you'll be bogged down with me for uh, uh, several years. Well, that's a mission I would love to accomplish. Yeah. Um, sure start was nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. Should we, we intro this podcast? I think that we, we do? should intro this because we have some news to talk about. Um, okay. Binky, there is something I must do. Maybe sometime. I'll go home. Why do things have to be the way they are? How do humans forget? I remember everything. Oh, I've seen the infinite. It's nothing special. When you're sad and when you're lonely and you haven't got a friend Just remember That death is not the end And all that you held sacred Falls down and does not mend Just remember That death is not the end Not the end Hello and welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld reread slash rewatch slash watch podcast hosted currently by three horseless cowboys just trudging around the wilderness looking for trouble to solve. Um, I'm your host, Charlotte, and I'm, you know, mentally and physically present. I'm your host, Janos, and I'm the big fat orange Discworld cat that you love. <laughs> I'm your host, George, and I'm the big fat orange cheeto who's just lost the presidency <laughs> pretty epic very good um we're lucy list today once again as her internet is causing her botherations which is very upsetting yeah um, lucy lucy has died from an overdose of trying to eat too many poppies on this remembrance yeah Sunday. yeah she's she's got the opium poisoning mm. No, actually, she just can't be here because she has to watch that clip of Strictly doing a poppy thing on loop mm-hmm. for the for okay. the end of times. I think. Yeah. Can like we talk about Clockwork Orange? Can we talk about the Simpsons Strictly thing? Oh my god! It looks yeah. like a porn Let's parody. It. it does look like a porn parody. Why is her underwear so present? Why does it look so horrible? Why did they decide to do this? It's not even a movie. I mean, I guess it is, but it's not like really. Yeah, there is. What was the context for it? It was movie week, and they were like, "Oh, we've chosen The Simpsons." Were they like two contestants? No. So, um, Strictly works with there's one con- eat, there's like couples, and yes. each couple is one professional dancer and one celebrity. This. Um, so I think the woman is a professional dancer, and then the mm-hmm. guy is like, I but don't know who he was. It wasn't a dance. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a ballroom dance. 
Yeah, um, they're not necessarily strictly ballroom, even though that's what it is. Sometimes, especially in the early weeks, it's just like, it's a dance of some kind. It was just, I don't even know what it was. I don't know how to describe it. I've been worried, I've been wondering this. What kind of camp is strictly? I feel like it might be multi-layered. Yeah. Because obviously it, it, obviously it, it, it is intentionally cheesy and camp like that as, yes. as like part of its style, which would make it low camp normally, I believe. But then mm. it's also that very straight and earnest on that, like with the, you know, they'll often have sort of, well, things like um, yeah. uh, Remembrance Sunday <laughs> dance. And which is very high <laughs> camp, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's this mixture of... of um, of earnestness and uh, intentional cheese that I find interesting. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm rewatching this clip and like the production values of this are like off the walls, right? Because <laughs> there's like I will so say much. That is, um, the guy who's doing it is the singer from The Wanted. Okay, um, so, and she's the uh, professional. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, horrified w- Simpsons fans react to terrifying tribute dance on Strictly. Says the it <laughs> is pretty terrifying. But that's what I mean, right? Like the set design with like the sofa and the donuts and the like street on the ground and the like recreation of the Simpsons, um, of the that classic, you know, Simpsons living room that we all love uh, and love to see Mm. uh, is like, you know, they clearly put a ton of effort into this and they made the costumes Mm -hmm. for these characters, including the, uh, the wig for Margaret Simpson. Uh, our favorite Uh Uh margaret simpson (laughs) margaret simpson yeah (laughs) and then and then it's like but but the the entire thing is right like right like i'm 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 watching this right now they like they come in and do a little goofy dance and then there's like at least five seconds where she's lying on the ground and homer is like playing her foot like a trumpet yeah it's the classic saxophone solo in the um in the beginning sequence of yes. the show the simpsons but um mm. she is on on she is on but, the floor with her underwear out and yeah. he is with playing a foot her fetish, foot. Uh, foot fetish the classic <laughs> the classic horny moment in the simpsons intro yeah it's that bit. Uh, you know the reason why my parents d- didn't allow me to <laughs> Watch The Simpsons because it was banned was... and hungry for this. For this well, scene. Because yeah. Marge's underwear is showing. Do yeah. you have a foot fetish now, as someone who didn't watch The Simpsons when you were young? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why. This is why I'm just discovering feet right now because I uh, wasn't allowed to develop a healthy relationship with them. Understandable. Uh, are you saying that not letting children watch uh, yes. The Simpsons is kink shaming? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's going to, like, th- 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 that is actually the reason why kinks develop. Because you, yeah. you want what you can't have. Ah, so if you don't have feet, then you're more yes. likely to develop a foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> if your parents tell you to always, like, look people in the eye, you know, always, like, keep your head at eye level minimum. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe look at the ceiling for, for good measures. So that you don't accidentally see feet, that's that, that that's going to develop a reaction in you where you really want to see everyone's see, feet. Mm-hmm. If this mm. is true and you you can't you, you you develop fetishes based on what you don't have. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. 
why why am I so attracted to very hot people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's to be fair. That is a very uh, very rare fetish. Um, yeah, I'm already very disturbed by by your fucked up sex life in which <laughs> you are attracted to very attractive people. If I didn't know you and you weren't my friend, I would ban you from the podcast immediately upon telling me this, to be honest. Yeah, I I am a a mod on the popular uh, website, Wiki Hot People. (laughs) It's a very attractive Hot People people. Wiki. Yeah. (laughs) It's the most looked down website on the internet, yeah. Yeah. God. Anyway, podcast. Uh, I'm glad we got to talk about feet on yet another podcast. Yeah, if we if we don't talk about feet, then we die. Um, I, yeah, Lucy, I, Lucy's see. not here, and she'll be missed. Um, but hopefully, she'll be back next yeah. week. She'll recover and from te- her poppy poisoning. Yeah. yeah, she'll she'll vomit up the poppy stuff. She'll go on a bit of a trip, but she'll she'll arrive home at the end. Mm. What if she like comes back uh, in Simpsons cosplay? After this. I, I would not be comfortable with that. Hey, um. Um, well, we don't have our cameras on, so it'd be fine. <gasps> yeah, we wouldn't notice, but we could tell in her voice she's How disturbing would voice. that be if you found out that your co-host <laughs> has been dressing up in uh, sexy cartoon character costumes <laughs> the entire time? <laughs> you just never knew. Um, I don't know if I would be surprised necessarily, but. It, <laughs> I think I would be disturbed. I I think. Eat my shorts, dude. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. Um, I was gonna say Awuga. just before we move on from this that um, very very good yellow body paint on these Simpsons characters. Um, do you think they could do grey body paint and do Homestuck? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Getting a sharpie. So. Bath. <laughs> oh my god! Bath. When it, it, when Homestuck makes it on the BBC. Mm-hmm. When they do That's... the adaption, the BBC uh, prestige adaption uh-huh. in like four years, yeah. After I the think, people's I think revolution. That's when like my audacity is just going to implode and I will not be able to record a podcast ever again. A great mm-hmm. loss. I think my computer will just like start burning out from the inside. Mm. Or your brain, I mean. <laughs> well, after, after the great people's revolution, when we rise up and take Westminster. Yeah. Um, all the BBC will be able to broadcast is pictures of Jeremy Corbyn, uh, yeah. jam jam making programs, and Homestuck the cartoon. <laughs> God, I can't <laughs> wait. The British government commissioned specially. What if you make make all the old Tory politicians play characters in this like horrible Homestuck TV show as like a form mm. of humiliation? Damn. <laughs> Do you think the um, uh, the fucking Homestuck? TV show is going to like the BBC's Homestuck adaptation is going to like be incredibly straight. Yeah, well, not after the People's Revolution because um, only gay stuff after that. Oh, yeah. I see. We'll, no straight media. It's going to be renamed into Gay BBC. As as Andrew as Andrew Hussey himself said, gay singularity. Um, mm-hmm. No straight content. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the straight I story guess... is gonna be deleted out of David Lynch's filmography, which maybe it's deserved. I don't know. We'll have to. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Um, It'll be great when we get to there on the podcast, but it's going to be banned at that point. Yeah, it'll be um, banned the... films. 
The Chaos like Academia crowd is gonna love it. <laughs> the Chaotic Academics. Um, let's let's actually talk okay, about so... this for one minute because we only we only melted down on this on the on the Discord. But to those who to those who are only listening and you know heard our last episode where we talked about Dark Academia for approximately forty five minutes, we discovered a few. Uh, new branches of Dark Academia, and it is very disturbing. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is Chaos Academia, which is if you <laughs> if you love books, but you especially love like sneaking into the library after closing hours so you can steal banned books like uh, <laughs> Animal Farm or 1984 or uh, fucking uh-huh. Catcher in the Rye. Famously banned books that you cannot get out the library. Yeah. Not these days. Not in England. Yeah, I I think we have a lot of uh, uh, banned books at the moment. I think yeah. this, but like the fact the fact that all the the ones on the list are not banned <laughs> makes me think that they these people either either they are talking a load of shit and just like what aesthetically obsessed people. Or this is like a very well hidden front for radical Islamic terror group Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. and they're, they're reading banned books like uh, the Al Qaeda Inspire magazine, where it t- uh, teaches you how to make bombs out of homemade uh, yes. uh, uh, of uh, kitchen chemicals. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would sneak in to get that. That seems seems useful. Yeah, but they dress up in tweed, so nobody knows that they're secretly jihadist. <laughs> that is the only way to get past the um. Uh, like prevent is to just wear tweed and they'll never suspect you. Mm. They're just programmed to like think that's fine. Yeah, you, yep. you just recover all your all your copies of like bomb making manuals uh, with the secret history by Donna Tart, and nobody <laughs> nobody knows that really you're just constructing a nail bomb device out of objects commonly found in B and Q. It's the anarchist cookbook. But, yeah. Um, um. But it's apparently, like, other, um, you know, important things for Chaotic Academia is also committing arson with your friends uh, yeah. and spraying fuck the Electoral College on brick walls. Jesus Christ. So this is good, actually. Yeah. This is actually, like, undercover, like, activism. Yeah, but you also need to, like, uh, put your uh, feet on the table and scratch your head with a pencil while thinking... Uh, the other um, relevant I've never thought about anything in my life so I can't do that. <laughs> the other relevant information to this podcast is that there is also a branch named Fantasy Academia uh, which is often taking is often taking cues this is according to aestheticwiki.com. Uh, it often takes cues from Harry Potter, Dungeons and Dragons or Discworld. Or Discworld. Congratulations or everyone. Discworld. We made it. Mm. Um, Imagine like reading the wizards' books or the books in which the wizards are like an important, uh, you know, factor, and thinking, ah, yes, this is what I want to base my aesthetic on. I want to be like the bursar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, I would love to be an incredibly corpulent old man who does nothing but <laughs> eat large dinners and have discussions about nothing. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my god! Anyway, Speaking of, yeah, it's uh, we got a little news section. Um, exciting announcements to all you Terry Pratchett's Discworld fans. There's been a new adaption announcement. Uh-huh. Mm. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, um, Maurice... Morris? Maurice? Maurice. How do you say that? I I'd always say pronounced it Morris, but I, I understand that's probably I think not that's correct. probably wrong. <laughs> Morris. 
That's how people in Britain say it. Yeah, really? that's probably why I think of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I we only will destroy any word. Well, yeah, we'll we'll do anything to any word. We don't yeah. even we give don't us give a word. We'll up. fuck it. But you also have the word Morris, like M O R R I S, as in like Morris dance. It's, yeah, yeah they're the same. Yeah, we love we love homophones. We're um, very homophonic. Anyway, Maurice and his educated rodents is having a animated movie adaption uh, mm. coming out in 2022. Well, that's when it's projected to come out. Um, and yeah, exciting. I'm so excited. Finally, a faithful Terry Pratchett adaptation. Not like the bad watch adaptation. This is going to be a good adaptation. Yeah. Mm. And I've already seen going the watch. To... It was bad. <laughs> but here's the thing. The, I, I, and I already know that the watch is going to be bad and The Amazing Morris is going to be good because I've seen Neil Gaiman subtweeting mm-hmm. The Watch as um, a bad adaptation and praising this one that hasn't even been made yet. Well, no, well, here's the bananas thing that I can't quite get over. Banana. Um, is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> God fucking damn it. Um, is that... Okay, so here, here is the tweet that Neil tweeted from his uh, big, big brain. Which is so happy to see that there's a film of the amazing Morris, Maurice and his educated rodents on the way. Now keeping my fingers crossed that Maurice remains a talking cat and that the educated rodents aren't a band of steampunk computer ah! hackers on a mission. Neil, you Pretty got much. to stop with this. This is... Neil, you're posting cringe. He posted this and then this was retweeted by uh, the official Terry Pratchett Twitter account. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> So everyone's everyone's doing their best to distance themselves from the watch TV show like cowards. I'm I'm confident. I think we can say, yes. very happily that they definitely when they were making this, they definitely always planned to release word of it two years before the film's actually released. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. And haven't that, just jumped it? on a recent wave of publicity against another Discworld adaptation uh, as a way of um, sort of contrasting themselves against it and saying we're for the fans. Sort of suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit suspicious, and but look, I am very faithful, uh, uh-huh. because or hopeful or whatever. I don't know what words mean, but <laughs> I I think this is going to be good because it it is the the talent behind this is the great German film studio Ulysses Film Production, ah, uh, responsible for great. such hits as Oops, Noah is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Richard the Stork or uh, of course who can forget about Oops 2 The Adventure Continues <laughs> I, I certainly can't I, I love Oops 2 I love the fun cast of characters and the sort of innovative animation and I'm very excited to see what they bring to this Terry Pratchett adaption mm-hmm. yeah it, it was amazing the way that they uh, once again couldn't find where Noah was where did <laughs> yeah. he go where did he go? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to think they don't. They would string out that conceit for a second film. They should have at least called it like "Oops, Two After the Flood" or something. I think that would have been better. Mm. I think Noah was just still like not found, so they had to. Yeah. Are they still looking for him? Okay. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. It's a sort of existentialist film. It's like a sort of waiting for <laughs> waiting God. Waiting for Noah. For yeah. <laughs> 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 Where is Noah? We thought he'd be here, and he isn't here. 
when will he be here? I've got a sandwich. He said he'd be here. You see, those are the sort of innovative brains that I'm very pleased are working on this yeah. very dark, like, children's fairy tale set on the but disc. But there's, there's more creative talent on it who I'm sure you're going to be overjoyed to hear this. Um, okay. The screenplay is going to be written based on, based on you know, Terry Pratchett's book. But the, mm-hmm. the guy who's going to adapt this book is um, a guy named Terry Rossio, who you might not have heard of. But this guy, this guy wrote such classics such as... Uh, such as mm. Trek, um, or the Pirates of the Caribbean, or of course, mm. Pirates of the Caribbean two, and even Pirates uh. of the Caribbean three and four. So you know, wait, they're the oh. same writer. They're the same writer. You'd think how, how, how did they do so well in Pirates of the Caribbean one, and then were just terrible for like every other Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean movie? <laughs> it might be, you know, it might be, might have been written by several people, and those jumped off. I'm trying to. If Internet Movie Database wasn't, like, this bad at navigating, I would find this out. But let's see. Yeah, it had it had a few co-writers. So Okay. What, the first one or the later ones? Uh, I'm on the second one that was written by two people. The first one... The first one was written by... Okay, the first one was written by four people. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then rewritten by two. The, and those two wrote the sequels. I think it might also just have been the director, because I think... But the director is also the same one. I don't know. Hmm. A mystery. I mean, Shrek is a good movie. Shrek is pretty good. Yeah. But then it was also a very long production process. Yes. Um, so it may have gone through a lot of changes in that process. Listen, I, I can't tell if this guy is a good writer or a bad writer. Yeah, I have What no I want to know is, is, is he a good adapter? So Shrek was he... also written by four people, <laughs> so... Okay, but but this guy is like Terry Rossio's uh, co-screenwriter for Pirates of the Caribbean, also wrote Trek. So what I'm saying is, um, is he a good adapter? Will he look at the source material and go, "I could never write as good as this. Uh-huh. I can't change anything because I'm I respect the source material too much." Honestly, he might be. Mm. Well, that's great then. That's what the people want. <laughs> that's what we love, and it's also going to be like it's a co-production between this German studio and also. Sky, who mm. made the who made the previous like Terry Pratchett TV adaptations. So if you if you want him to bring if you want them to bring that uh, going postal or uh, color of magic heat, then I'm show. sure we're gonna get that with the amazing Maurice. The the one true Terry Pratchett adaptation, not like that hack the watch adaptation that is no good. Yeah, uh, that looks like fun, but it's just not Terry Pratchett. But I think I would rather have a, a movie that. Is probably like a perfectly passable children's movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it to be cool, and I'd like it to be like aesthetically interesting. Mm. Well, you're not gonna get uh, that. <laughs> no. no, I know. <laughs> I just cry and wish for any sort of stylized animation, but you know, oh, we'll get the three D adaptation CG. is the only CG adapt- adapt- animation is the only animation that still exists. Um, no, I know. So everything else died. And I'm fine with that. I think I also want to point out it has a great voice cast of oh people my God. whose voice we love to hear, such as Hugh Laurie, <laughs> Amelia <laughs> Clark, David <laughs> Thulis, Himesh Petter, uh, Gemma Arterton, and Hugh Bonville. Um, ah, Hugh Bonville. Hugh cool. Bonville of Downtown Abbey fame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
I know all the Downton Abbey cast. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> people who are famous for their voice acting. Yes, famous voice actors like Amelia Clark of Game of Thrones, who people famously loved because of her voice and nothing else. Yes, that's why. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my point about this is not that I think this is going to be bad. I think it probably will be, but <laughs> I don't think it necessarily has to be it's more that just like it's very annoying how everyone has been reacting to this with it's joy incredible. even though it looks incredibly mediocre despite all of their like horror at the watch adaption it's like they don't even look at the like poster of this i movie. know they they see they see no uh no eyeliner and they're like oh i like this mm-hmm they see Hugh Laurie, and I'm like, oh, I remember liking him. Yeah, he's likable. Mm. It's also that like um, all all of the all of the big names. I mean, I looked at Stephen Briggs' Twitter, and he hasn't said anything about it mm-hmm. that I've seen. I might have another look, but last time I looked, he hadn't said anything. Um, but like Ree Pratchett and Neil Gaiman and everyone and the Terry Pratchett account, they're all like, yeah, this is exciting, which is just so weird. It's. I honestly can't believe this. Like, I can't believe that there's a there's a loose adaptation coming out that is... I think it's literally that thing that is just people put value to adaptations that have an approval stamp from the rights holder. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's o- this is, authenticity as well. Yeah. This is yeah. co-produced by Terry Pratchett's daughter. Uh, uh. And the company was like set up by his former assistant Rob. So okay, so it's partisan. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's a. Battle, it's literally just yeah. that. Like it is politics. Look, we haven't read the yeah. script to it. We haven't seen this movie because I saw an adapt- an announcement of this that was on the r slash movie subreddit, and the reactions weren't what I remembered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're talking about how uh, this is co-produced by Rihanna and Drop, uh, so they're faithful that this is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what my point was going to be. I think it's just about allegiances. Like, I think... But but Neil Gaiman has, like, no... Like, I don't know why Neil Gaiman would pick a stand on this. Like, Because he's annoying. Oh, my God. <laughs> just scrolling through the... <laughs> comments on the subreddit and this one person said between Destier being canon and this this is my favorite news today oh my god fantastic <laughs> imagine really just like loving that Destier reveal that's very just funny wonderful stuff all around I think yeah Great. also honestly I got more excited by the Destier video like that gave me more posting energy than this yeah because this is just sort of fine whereas destia really that really fed yeah. me for at least two to three days <laughs> yeah you didn't need to eat for two days no i didn't i just had to look at the Destiel video and just laugh and that's all i've been doing oh there's like, also i heard uh, that there was other things happening but i don't know what they were there's an r slash discord post about new game man's response this ought to be good mm-hmm. top comment mm-hmm. shots fired <laughs> oh fucking hell uh <laughs> well that is reddit it's just like the comments are all like bad jokes and cliches. And... I love Neil Gaiman. He has such a way with words, and I'm so glad he's <laughs> as upset about the mutilation of Sir Terry's work as we are. <sighs> mutilation. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. 
I can't believe they they went back and they destroyed every single copy of all of the watch books and rewrote them. <laughs> I wish they had. I wish they'd yeah. done that. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's just the FBI <laughs> breaking down your door and forcing you at gunpoint to give up your Terry Pratchett books so they can be rewritten by BBC. Yeah, America. maybe. Maybe in the future the real band books will be the watch books, and oh you, my God. you just have to watch yeah. the show because it's um because <laughs> it's the SJW show. I'm still scrolling, and I'm about to get so mad because so the Neil tweet says the thing uh-huh. about uh, I hope that Maurice from the Talking Cat and the Educated Rodents aren't a band of steampunk computer hackers on animation. I wish they were. There's a comment pointing out. Uh, I take his point, but there are steampunk steampunk computer hackers in Going Postal. And then some the, the OP posts under this. Yeah. They are also there in the original work. What? <laughs> so so they exist in Discord as what you said. They exist in Discord, so they can okay. be like if there's this there's steampunk stuff in Discord, you can put them in a the watch adaptation, right? Like, yeah. That's literally the point that this poster is making. But no, we only want adaptations that are faithful to exactly that one book in the series yeah exactly i mean that is what they want um it's stupid (laughs) yeah let's talk about reaper man let's talk about an actual good thing it's just very funny to me that like i'm apparently the only person who actually looked into what this studio or what these directors have made before like yeah people just read headlines i mean that's the thing Hell yeah! Um, I've never, I've never read anything below the uh, subheader. Yeah, why would I? <laughs> okay, so today we read the second third of Reaper Man, the book by Terence Pratchett, um, mm. of which I will give a short summary. Um, if you recall where we left off last time, Wendell Poons is a zombie. He is going to the Fresh Start Club, which is a support group for the undead where he meets lots of fun characters um, who are all undead in various different ways, including a shy banshee, that's it, <laughs> a shy banshee, um, a were-man, who is a wolf who becomes a man every full moon, um, another zombie called Red Shoe, who is a, um, he's, he's an activist, Dead and he likes activist. to play the guitar and organize people. <laughs> also, like, some some... Some vampires who became vampires through inheritance rather than through then being turned. Anyway, he, you know, he's like, I've got to figure out what's going on. He goes with the were-man, whose name is Lupine, um, very original, to go see Mrs. Cake, who, as we met before, is a medium. And she, with the help of her spirit guide, informs him that's what what's happening is that um, there's a buildup of life because no one's dying, as we know. And this is causing stuff to happen at the wrong time and too quickly, which is these things, which are the snow globes, which Wendell Poons realizes are like eggs. And um, what they are is they're the eggs of cities and they're being formed by the excess life. They're becoming shopping trolleys, which is their is their mobile stage. <laughs> and then who knows what happens after that. This is causing problems in Ankh-Morpork uh, with the wizards as things keep coming alive. The... Um, the compost heaps that Moda the Dwarf has been tending to, they are all coming alive and they're becoming very difficult to attack, but the, the wizards are doing their best. And they're getting very enthusiastic about fighting. They're, like, getting into it, especially the Dean. Meanwhile, things are sort of going wrong in other ways. Um, every time they swear, their swear words become, 
like living creatures in the forms of like various weird insects. Meanwhile, um, back at the farm where Bill Dor, aka Death, is, um, he is just sort of learning the ropes, learning how to be human. He spends more time with Miss Flitworth, and we learn that she's remained unmarried after her fiance died in an avalanche, and she sort of moved on from it. She got rid of the wedding dress, she had the meal anyway, but she's remained unmarried ever since. Death is having lots of confusing emotions about various things. Uh, he also has a dream for the first time, which he's concerned by, where he's gone back to being normal death, and he finds Miss Flitworth's um, hourglass, and he realises that everyone's mortal. And then before, when he looked at people and saw them as, well, the metaphor is corn that you just harvest, now he sees them as individuals, and this is, you know... This is affecting him quite profoundly. Um, there's a fire in which a girl is going to going to die and Death sort of knows that she's going to die. But he rescues her um, by giving her some of his own life, even though he doesn't have that much left. Um, and after doing so, informs Miss Flitworth who he is and um, that he's given her some borrowed time um, for now. And he goes to get a scythe, which he sharpens to a very, very sharp point using various soft fabrics and also the light of the dawn, which he uses to make it extra, extra, extra sharp. Um, while he's waiting for the, the new death to come, uh, he, he is asked by Miss Flitworth to help with the harvest anyway, which is what he's going to do. Um, on the way there, he finds a guy called Simnel, who has invented the combine harvester, which is pulled along by a horse, or will be, though he wants to make it move under its own propulsion. Which is very funny, because I'm pretty sure this is the same guy who invents the train in Racing Steam. And yeah, he's going he's gonna to harvest the corn, and they're going to have to like figure out what happens with the shopping trolleys, because Wendell Poons gets to the library. The librarian doesn't want to let him in, but he just walks through the wall. And they're all prepared to like fight whatever comes next after the shopping trolleys are dealt with. So that's where we are in the book so far. It's a good book. Hey, yeah. Good night. It's, it's, it's Do pretty you have any, good. Anything to say this time, George? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not off the top of my head. I like it. It's good. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty sad. Oh, um, I think we get, we get one of those jokes which Terry will make repeatedly. I think he already has the uh, confusion between Ole and Ole, as in the French for with milk. Uh-huh. Oh my yeah. god, I didn't get that he, joke. He will repeatedly <laughs> tell this joke over and over again. Thank, thank you for explaining it to me. I will respect it forever because that is what comedy is about. It is. About it is. Grabbing your joke with both hands and beating people over the head with it until they laugh. <laughs> he also repeats the uh, Mrs. Kendall is a medium or rather a small joke mm -hmm. like twice in, in just this chunk. Yeah. Mrs. K Mrs. Cake, yeah. He just... Uh, cake, he not candle, very yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks it's an incredible think, joke and he wants no, you to notice it. cake is the band. That can't be it. No, it's cake. <laughs> um, obviously, it's good. There's just so many clever bits. I do love this weird city thing that he's like, this is happening, because it's so sort of... <laughs> it's so weird. It reminds me a lot of like um, Moving Pitches plot, where it's like some sort mm. of really weird... Um, industrial threat that's sort of coming almost out of nowhere. Yeah. It's good. I really like it. It's incredibly strange. Yeah. It's very bizarre. I uh, 
would not have guessed that the snow globes would be eggs to cities. <laughs> it's not a it's twist not you like see coming. It's not like intuitive, yeah. right? <laughs> no. Yeah, they become shopping trolleys and then they become cities. Why? I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's, it's yeah. It's fine. Maybe he... We'll, we'll see when we get to the next third of the book, I guess. Uh, yeah. I did like... I did, because we just talked about adaptations. Yeah. And while I was reading this, it did cross my mind that, like, this this should actually be the book that they try to adapt into a movie. Because it's... There's so many bits that feel, like, cinematic. Um, mm. And it's a relatively short book, relatively concise book. It's, you know, there's no... Like, it, it has these two, like, plot lines that move along, like, at a pretty good pace. Uh, there's no, like you know, distractions or whatever. It's, uh... Yeah. It's, well, I guess it's three plot lines, right? Like, we have the Windle plot, we have the Wizards plot, and the, um, Bildor plot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could, you could cut down the Wizards plot, um, quite yeah. a lot if you had to, to make it shorter as well, I think. Mm. But it is, uh, entertaining. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's very, very good. But, They're like, I think the... And they interact really well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the the, the like um, Windle walking go, going to Red Shoes place has like a really uh, what we do in the shadows vi- vibe. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. So like that. Yeah, humorous supernatural yeah. jokes. <laughs> it's literally just that. Like if if yeah. Taika Waititi took the inspiration from this, I would not be surprised. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is very. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that actually. What it, what we do in the shadows is very Pratchett. It is. Yeah. And I think, but I think it specifically is because of the energy of it's like these people hanging out together who don't have much in common besides being undead. And it's (laughs) this like, this like kind of awkward socialization vibe that like both of them have, right? Like both what we do in the shadows and, uh, Mm. and this like undead club, how they're, they're saying how they're only going to the meetings because they don't want to let poor Reg down. It's the only thing he has. (laughs) <laughs> it's very yeah it's a lot of jokes about like british activist organizations mm-hmm. yes or like su- support groups where he's like they sing we will overcome which just <laughs> every every group everywhere in the universe is every somehow us, manages yeah. to acquire we will overcome <laughs> god it says like normally normally singing to the the previous generation who sang we will over we will overcome at the previous generation. <laughs> but it's such a it's such a sad visual to see this poor zombie man just get out a guitar and sing with them, <laughs> like trying to uh, trying to sing with them, and they yeah. all hate it, but they're too embarrassed to tell him. Don't worry, he'll become a cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he is he is Detroit become cop, but yeah, yeah. I I think it's it is very funny this group, especially knowing what we know later. I mean, this is the sort of first time he's really, I think, introduced vampires in a meaningful I think way, so. or yeah. in, in a concrete way. And a lot of these creatures are ones we'll see in more sinister forms later on yeah. in other books. Whereas here, these are very much like the sort of undead dregs. They've all got like something a bit weird with them. And they've all just sort of banded together in this in this group. Yeah, it did feel like the werewolf bit was like where he got the idea for Angua. Yeah, a um, sexy werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> the the werewolves are quite horny. I will say that. 
He likes to do that. He likes to make them like hot. He's like the werewolves are always hot. It's it's an interesting angle to take for sure. Because like others would be like every other uh, fantasy author. Maybe this is why Terry is special. Because every other fantasy author would be like, no, the vampires are the hot ones. But Terry is like, what yeah. are the werewolves? He's like the vampires are funny in white evening wear, and the werewolves are just like kind of hot. <laughs> do you think Terry is into hairy people? I, he's, I think he's into uh, stra- he's strapping <laughs> strapping lasses. You know, he is into he is into strapping lasses. Yeah, yeah. he likes he likes a, a strong, thick woman <laughs> who could tear out your jugular with. Uh, with he uh, does, canine. yeah. And then there's a bit where like it's I'm gonna I'm just gonna quote this part because it says um, there's a lucky dog thought dwindle it, it's when like Lupin is lying down in Ludmilla's oh, lap yeah. and it says there's a lucky dog thought dwindle who's going to push his lack and hold up a paw and whine and then uh, again it's like poor brave dog said Ludmilla Lupin raised a paw pathetically and whined and I'm like this is <laughs> he's literally making the simp face at her <laughs> <laughs> he is so yeah Ludmilla is um, Mrs. Cake's werewolf daughter who uh I guess is is uh, I don't know. I guess Lupine and Love Miller are having some sort of connection, um, despite having opposite transmutation cycles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They'll work it out. <laughs> is it all? Re- all relationships have problems. Listen. Yeah. Is it problematic to be horny for uh, for a for a wolf if you know he's still going to turn into a man, but only when you're a wolf? I think it's fine. <laughs> it, I think that's the only ethical. There's uh, no like choice. look. There's no consent problems because obviously, like Lupin is conscious even while being in wolf form. So I think yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's, fine. it's nice because nice. um, we get a bit of um, we get a bit of insight into Lupine, who says that there's a sort of horror of being a wolf a lot of the time and then a man some of the time is that like when you're a wolf you you can never be a true wolf because you understand how it is to be a human yeah mm. um and when Dolpoon says like he can feel himself teetering on the edge of like a pit of despair <laughs> because he's he's so lonely well um, um, it, it's coming back to that terry um terry theme that we had in the last book we covered as well yes uh, sentience makes you miserable Mm-hmm. <laughs> well is that like it's it's terrible to be not human but understand how it is to be human almost yeah. like consciousness is a curse which is also ways. a theme with the death parts of this book like maybe that's why this yes. book is so good mm. because the themes are like you know they don't stand it's not like every different character has just like unrelated themes you know which is what terry sometimes does like he sometimes doesn't have a central theme to a book just like because of his writing style, is just gonna write whatever he feels like writing at the moment. But like this one, really feels like all the uh, all the plot lines kind of examine the same themes of humanity. Yeah, and I think it does so in a lot. It does so in a way that's a lot more mature and like thoughtful than it has been in previous books. Yeah. Like I think other books have sort of undercut it a bit um, by sort of either changing the subject or making jokes. And while this obviously does make jokes and stuff, I think it's taking the themes a lot more seriously. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a sort of plot sense. Yeah, I think this is like, in a way, like I, I mentioned earlier when I talked about equal rights, is that it feels like when he 
when he does the Tiffany books later, it feels like he's like redoing the the idea of that. And I think in a way, it this feels like when he wrote Mort, he intended that as a one-off, and he yeah you know wrote an ending to it and everything. And the, but 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 that already intended to be like an examination of you know death as humanity. Uh, what does dying mean? Or whatever, and this this feels like he just felt like he didn't examine it enough. Yeah, and you know, it may, maybe it wouldn't be interesting to put death in a more central position. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's got these similar themes, um, which it it does sort of come back to this again. Like a lot of the books with death in will have death sort of lose himself in a way. Yeah. Like, we had yeah. it with more, and we have it in this one, and we'll have it again in Soul Music, where he goes off to do something. Like, I think the way this is very interesting is it's death coming to terms with what death means to people who experience death. Yes. Which he, he he's mm. never actually dealt with on, like, a personal level. So he's talking to Miss Flitworth, who's lost someone, and it's sort of profoundly affected the rest of her life that's an incredibly um, poignant scene like that's such a such an incredible um examination of what the grieving grieving process is yeah just where like w- where she explains how um let me find that bit how uh when her like fiance died like right before her wedding that she she thought society wants her to like wear her wedding dress all the time and mourn, but you also can't let a good meal go to waste. So she had the wedding breakfast either way. Yeah, and it's it's a lot about her character where she's very she's very like no nonsense and practical, but at the same time she sort of hasn't moved on. Like she has, but she hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. She puts up a sort of stoic not front exactly. She is stuck in uh, in a stagnant stagnant life and has been ever since. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, like every aspect of her house represents like her her sort of lack of living. Really, she yeah. sort of she sort of died along with um, her hopes for the future. Yeah. Well, she, she keeps all these like mementos, um, just like crowded around the sort of lounge room that she just doesn't use and it's like she only hires help on when she needs it every year so she doesn't have any like real lasting personal connections apart from like the cursory ones she has with people in the village so yeah she's sort of disconnected from people and everyone's like oh she's weird she's got treasure and stuff but she's weird and she doesn't talk to people yeah people are being so weird about her yeah that's because well, she's like yeah she's unmarried um and she lives on her own so sus yeah people people tell weird stories especially in small uh sort of pre-industrial villages yeah they do in modern villages as well Mm. Mm. yeah there's this bit uh where like that that i think is also incredibly strong where she um she talks about how uh yeah she says um you know what I thought? I thought that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Terrible, isn't it? I thought other things afterwards natural, but the first thing that was that the world shouldn't act as if it was some kind of book. Isn't that a terrible thing to have thought? Like yeah. this is such a I think this is such a strong 
moment where it's like uh, she she gives herself uh, a hard time for not having reacted properly. Mm. It's mm. I don't know. It's, it's really got to me. Yeah, yeah. Which is is something I think that happens a lot with that sort of well with grief is sort of looking at yourself. You spend a lot of time looking at yourself from the outside as well as from the inside, being like, how how am I how am I reacting to this? It, I don't know. It's a sort of weird process where you're like you're upset, but you're also self-examining your own upsetness to like, am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? Yeah. And obviously, there's no right right way to do it. Yeah, it's like fucked it's up like... that you'd think there are like societal expectations of how to grieve right which is the most yeah it is the most like personal intimate thing and there should not be like wrong ways to do it but it's still like oh if you don't cry if you don't wear black whatever yeah and i i can also i can like relate to this sort of insanity about I don't know when that sort of a big event happens and the sort of the things surrounding it and you're like but that's that's almost like cliche you know yeah. where you're like as that in reality I, I once knew someone who died and the day he died um it snowed in march and it was just very very odd just like a very surreal experience in a lot of ways yeah yeah and um yeah there's there's also stuff about like going around the village because he also comes to term with like imminent death at the same time so he sees this girl about to die and initially he's like oh but people just die when it's their time that's just how death is and miss flitworth gets angry at him and then he he realizes that he doesn't want this child to die so he goes in and rescues her and that's also coming to terms with death is like a horrible thing that happens to people like that people to people that people know and how that can like affect people and I think that's very important for him to learn as well. Mm, the, the value of life to the living. Yeah. Yeah. He has a nightmare. Yeah, he has a scary, a scary dream. A scary dream yeah. of, uh, of having like his, his his nightmare is that he has to go to work right as, as death, but the clock has his name on it. Um, I think it says Miss. F- I think it has Miss Flitworth's one because he wakes up yelling her name. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's her timer. Yeah, and then he's like, but he has never experienced a dream before, right? So he like goes to Miss no. Flitworth and is like, what is this thing when you when you go to sleep but you see things and they are not real? And she's like, it's dreaming. You know what dreaming is? And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure I do. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he's like. In the next bit, he's like terrified to go to sleep, or he's 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 very mm. determined to work so hard that he's going to be so tired that he doesn't have to dream. Which, you know, I it, that's also very relatable to me. Like as as a child, especially, I was like really terrified of nightmares, and I had them pretty frequently. And it was like me too. I did like dread to go to sleep because I was thinking I was gonna get nightmares. I think a yeah. lot of a lot of the way uh, death reacts uh, reacts to uh, things about life in this just remind me of like the way I reacted to them as a child. Yeah, he is sort of like a child character yeah. almost in a lot of ways. But in in ways that are like not examined usually in 
children's books, I guess. Like the no, the the children characters usually don't like react in 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 this way to like normal life stuff like sleeping or dreaming or nightmares or whatever it's uh but i i do think it's like kind of a child thing because you're not you have only been alive for a few years so this life thing is still new to you and it's new to death as well yeah yeah he's always existed but he his mortality has given him actual like personhood rather than personality on a force yeah he's he is he is both coming to terms with him dying people uh he's he knows dying and and trying to come to terms with being alive all at the same time <laughs> yeah pretty gnarly dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it says about like he sees he sees the corn as being individual now he sees that these are these are individual people who have loved ones and have like lives and idiosyncrasies and he's like huh i always before i just sort of saw them as i guess the harvest (laughs) (laughs) yeah he also this is very funny thing about like the implication is that miss flitworth is flitworth is like trying to flirt with him a bit maybe or like (laughs) she keeps sort of awkwardly inviting him in and everyone's like oh you got your feet under the table there sir and he's like i don't get it what is everyone (laughs) talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I do like how his like like that death is like not not stupid he just doesn't know these expressions because it also says like uh this is the kind of expression where he usually where you usually uh they usually mean something entirely different and you can just read it from the tone but this child who just repeated what her father was saying conveyed it with no yeah. tone <laughs> so he just couldn't read it <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a fish out of water yeah yeah he's he's not not human like he can't read people's faces either he's a sort of outsider yeah Yeah. but he wants to be inside yeah he does he he loves humans really and people or he's fascinated by them at least and in, in a small way i actually kind of wondered as i was reading this if the death's the entire character arc in this book isn't almost too good in a way that like in future death books it feels cheapened by it a little bit when he goes through like when he goes through the i guess we can discuss them when we get to them but when he goes through like discovering what humanity is again and again uh well i mean in in soul music that's about him mourning yeah so Soul music is about him being so sad that he wants to forget everything if he can. And that's sort of his, like, short arc in that. Which I, I, I almost wonder if that wouldn't have been possible if he hadn't gone through what he goes through in this book. Yeah. Um, he learns human experience, but he doesn't become human. He's, he's not fully actualized as, a, as a, an emotional being. Because, I mean, how could you be over the course of a few days? Yeah, he has no glands. Yeah. He's got no glands. <laughs> <laughs> but he does He does feel, and I think, I mean, we'll see at the end of this, he, he is like, he is permanently changed by these experiences that he oh, goes yeah. through in this book. It's like it's a very a... detached way of feeling, which really gets to me. Like, I think if he had like become like fully human, uh, I wouldn't relate to this. 
as much but the way uh-huh. he like always like observes them more more than like the, he always like observes how he's having these experiences that might be close to emotions is i think really uh really touching because he you know he's not like just an entity of death anymore but the way he's also like never fully becoming human is is also like just like adding to the sadness or the melancholiness to it because he's he's not gonna be either one of them right rather like (laughs) becoming a man every month every um Uh fully being one thing or the other (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. Ugh, the themes terry great job themes themes what a good Um, good book at themes it's a good one for themes and and on that note like we're um (laughs) fan favorite character death of rats appears yeah uh, in this section yeah all the all the death energy is rolling around and different species are manifesting their own personalized deaths of various (laughs) kinds um and well in some cases it's the chopping of trees or you know the, the trout or whatever. Um, for rats, it gets a bit confused, can't think of anything, and settles into a small rodent with a hood and a, and a tiny scythe. Which is, it's good. We love to see him. Yeah. Classic. Classic character. I Literal classic character. <laughs> I'm so sad Lucy isn't here, so... I know. Uh, so she couldn't react to all these, like, fan favourites coming into, coming into their yeah. own. I wish Lucy hadn't decided to do a two hours silence and not breathe, breathe the whole thing. <laughs> I know. I know to, that she wants to remember the dead, but it's she, taking it a bit far. She wants to be 120 times uh, more respectful than anyone mm-hmm. else. <laughs> which, which Discord character would more most like uh, wear the poppy? Hmm. Uh, oh, God. Um, I feel like uh, CMOT would wear a poppy, but he'd be like more into like selling them. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd sell puppies. He'd sell like remembrance, like yeah. banners yeah. or something. Remembrance tut that that doesn't actually go to charity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'd sell um, meat buns with with a poppy in it. I mean, probably like the horrible Ankmore pork lords would be really into it. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> Lord Lord Rust and Lord Slashy and stuff. <laughs> I think Rit would say it's bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. He's from like a country, a country yeah. background. He would probably wear one, but wouldn't wouldn't be like weird about it. But he'd also be like upset if people were were mean about it. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. It depends. Like he he'd not wear it if someone taught him to. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's just something he's always done. I don't know. Damn! I um, wish Terry was still alive so we could ask him. <laughs> the important question. I mean, death of the author. Um, uh-huh. That's my favorite of the like new uh, incarnations of death. That's the death of the <laughs> authors have their own death as a separate species, <laughs> <laughs> manifested as an editor who wants to cut all their favorite uh-huh. passages. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just imagining the. Death of the author, author wearing like um, writer academia aesthetic. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, writer academia also has like favorite stores and shit. Uh, listening to Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, there we go. Mm, okay, writer 
that's of that that's of the author is making up lists of <laughs> words that he loves mm-hmm. <laughs> creating new universes and, and wishes wishing they were real but i think death of the author would be like creating new fictional universes and wishing they were dead okay uh yeah creating creating too many ocs but also like thinking about how they would die too many ocs <laughs> every time i hear oc i just think orange county i'm just like i don't know i'm thinking okay. orange cheeto mm. <laughs> pretty freaky <laughs> epic I think um, I think it says ODs and it's been misspelled and then I realise it, it doesn't say that. Okay. Creating my own ODs. Too um, many ODs. That would be darkest academia, actually. The thing is, OC came from fan fiction where you would say um, OC would be like original characters and you invented a character to put in the story who's not in the original yeah. uh, property. Otherwise it's just Very a character just that you've written. use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah, it kind of the fact that the, these people like, are all fifteen and I'm from Tumblr. There's nothing yeah, wrong there with that. Yeah, there is. Listen, there's nothing wrong with I that. I kind of hate the but. fan fan fiction fan fan fanficification. How the fuck do I say this word? Fan fictionification. Fan fictionification of of writing in a way that, uh, like, writing Twitter just, just like. Just like assumes out of the gate that you're also writing fanfic, so you have to distance your OCs from your fanfic characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's such a mess. Like all the, <laughs> all the fanfic authors uh, somehow stumbled into uh, being very pretentious about th- their own novels that they're writing. That's just writers. Yeah, <laughs> as a writer, I don't think I don't think that's yeah I don't think that's. Uh... That's necessarily a fan fiction writer thing. I think it's just like a different manifestation of the terrible Twitter writer uh-huh. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. But they're just doing it in a slightly different way. That's probably uh-huh. true. I need my coffee, or I'll never be able to write all my OCs. <laughs> Literally, it's the change from I got to drink my coffee before I write my books. Damn, I have that writer's block again. Better get out and do some life experience and now it's like oh my ocs are misbehaving but i'm going to slap them around a bit with my little naughty paddle (laughs) yeah that feel when you can't like walk around without thinking about what your ocs would do in this situation i'd love to i'd love to be a writer but i don't have enough um notebooks that i could keep in my tweed jacket to write down my ocs in uh-huh. Yeah. When I was a teen, I used to try and keep a commonplace book because I read series of unfortunate events and that's what they did in that. But I didn't have the patience. <laughs> now I just have five podcasts. Um, <laughs> I think that's a better way to uh, keep all your thoughts like on on the internet forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want them. I don't want to lose them. And this way, everyone else gets to look at them as well. Or listen to yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, me, me genuinely, this is genuinely how I feel about this, is I, uh-huh. uh, I have trouble creating something without immediately turning it into content and wanting others to also having to experience it. <laughs> so podcasts are like ideal for me. I couldn't do the thing that like, there's going to be like some podcasters who are going to recommend you that uh, before 
posting your first podcast episode, you need to record at least five episodes that are just like test runs to like figure out the chemistry mm. with your host or figure out the format. I don't believe in that bullshit. I think record your first episode, immediately put it out there. Uh, you know, yeah. the listeners are not going to come in the first few weeks of you posting it. And that way, when you get to like episode 20, you can think back of how much better it is than your first episode was. <laughs> it's a good thing our um, our episodes are also polished right out straight out the gate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once, no once, audio problems. <laughs> once all the ra- racial slurs from Lucy have been edited out, uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> we already said that you're the one who's doing racial slurs all the time. <laughs> nice George. try, you George. Like, you can't you can't lie now. She's not here and pretend it was Lucy all along. Um, Foiled. I mean, I always sing, not not to be um, sincere on this our podcast. Um, yeah, that would be cringe. You know, sincerity. That would be cringe. cringe. Sincerity is cringe. I've never been sincere in my entire <laughs> life. Um, never mean anything. I nothing does mean anything. I'm kind of a kind of Nietzsche with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think of I mean I think of creating things as a process where like once you've finished it it's sort of like dead so it's like the process of making it is the interesting bit and that's why I like podcasts mm-hmm. because mm. once you stopped recording an episode we're all dead yeah <laughs> I like I like to talk with my friends and say bollocks <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's just sort of fun to work out your thoughts as you talk about I it, think it and is, as you yeah. think about it you know. Rather than having a stale thought and like writing a fucking essay about it, who gives a shit? Mm, um, yeah. it's, <laughs> but it's always been, it's always been my thought that you should never plan anything and just say things. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I roll, baby. I mean, I'm I'm going to be genuine once again. This is this is our genuine episode, I guess. Uh, this is this is the sincere. Episode. This is the sincere half of this episode, I think, because in the first half I did say some things about the amazing Maurice. Ironically, I don't I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm going to admit it here when okay. i said this being extremely accurate to the book makes the good ap- adaptation i was actually lying that that doesn't sound like <laughs> you i don't believe that no <laughs> but anyway what i was going to say sincerely the way i think podcasting works for me as a creative output is that you have very little like actual pre-planning to do right you don't have to like mm plan out extremely accurately what you're going to say at which point of the podcast it's it's very because i i have trouble like sitting down and um deliberate things i am good at like coming off up with things off the cuff (laughs) so you're you're an improv exactly You love to improv. Pretty. You're in improv class and you're doing all your improv. <laughs> well, you're, uh, you're imagining you're at a pizza place, you're ordering a pizza, but oh no, they got your pizza <laughs> order wrong. But will you correct them? It's so embarrassing. God. That's what yeah, you're that's about. the thing. I can't <laughs> believe they put the cheese on the bottom. <laughs> oh shit, how will you explain this I'm... to your aunt who's coming to stay at your house because <laughs> she's offering to put you in her will as. Uh, the sole inheritor for her estate, but she only wants pizza with the cheese on the top and not the bottom. Yeah, this is so she, embarrassing. She's from Transylvania, and her name is uh, Countess Nosferatu. Yeah, her um, name is Countess Nosferatu. Not only is she a vampire, 
but she's like a very, very angry vampire, and you have to keep her mm. calm because otherwise she'll fly into a mm. mad rage. And that's, oh no, I mean, the pizza has garlic on it. You're that's joking why you've here about the cheese on every top, time. So it covers that. your uh, the red blood that, that she thinks is blood. <laughs> little production uh-huh. secret: every time before I sit down to record my funny little podcast, I ask like whichever of my roommates is around. I ask them to just give me a location. <laughs> And then I just imagine my podcast to take place there. Usually they say McDonald's because they're not very creative, but it's fine. Yeah. Typical. I I always imagine that we're uh, broadcasting directly from a Danish mink farm. <laughs> <laughs> and y- Janos is in the, the corner. Are the being killed? No, Janos is in the corner just like stripping the skins off of screaming okay. mink, which are, which, are, which are coughing the mutated COVID-19 directly onto him. Uh, Charlotte is reading Shirkagard's um, uh, best best philosophy. Uh, <laughs> I am doing that, yeah. And I I, I am the mink mm-hmm. collectively. <laughs> what I You're love being about skinned by Janos. What I love about you, Chaz, is how much you love Kierkegaard. You just can't stop talking about uh, Christian philosophy. <laughs> mm, you're like this existentialist churchyard man. Uh, Gets my gets my goat, but in a good way. <laughs> I mean, Kierkegaard, you know, was the origin of existential philosophy and did say that it's up to the individual to give their own life meaning, free from absurdity, anxiety, and despair. But, you know, we're all just living. You might be onto something there. <laughs> um, sort of. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's what we think about podcasting. That's our philosophy of of the potted cast if you the audience wanted to know so this is just a little yes, a little insight yeah. into our thought processes you, you, so the audience, you can go if, out and create your own podcast if you're thinking about starting your own podcast uh one please let us know if if, if we inspired you because i love that shit uh i love to feel powerful mm-hmm. yeah me too. um but like m- more importantly just you know think of doing it for the right reasons and mm. uh, of course, the right the reason is making, uh, making a making ton of Patreon about money, <laughs> just for the aesthetics. <laughs> okay, I was joking. Talking yeah, about but... no, not November on every episode for like the entirety of November. Uh-huh. Mentioning feet a lot. I don't yes. know. <laughs> do we do we have good thoughts? I do. On this, I do actually think the right reasons to start podcasting is have a good reason to talk to your friends every week. Um, Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If if I inspire you anyway. That's nothing to do with me and entirely to do with you probably misinterpreting everything I say. If Georgie inspires you, please get in contact with us on mm. our Twitter at uh, who watches because the you W4. Also, probably get a therapist. <laughs> George will be your therapist. If you get in contact on our Twitter, then we can set you have up to, You have to sign up to the George. Patreon, though. <laughs> Yeah, you sign up to the Patreon and we will be your therapist. You can um, talk to my wife, who is a therapist, and I will listen uh-huh. to the events. <laughs> <laughs> Except if you email my wife, who's a therapist, mm-hmm. I will come to your house and kill you. <laughs> yeah, if you email my wife, who is a therapist, um, I would just not, I would just not pass it through, to be honest, because because she's only for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not sharing. She's my therapist. I'm not sharing the very sexual therapy that my wife gives me if you know what i mean what is a wife but a therapist you don't have to pay 
Like, That's I our official that. stance on wives. It's just, why, why have a wife wives, when you there. can get a cat? <laughs> they're there to attend to your every emotional, emotional, physical, and social need. Get them at Wife Mart, the store for wives. <laughs> get them on wife.com. Wives.com. <laughs> wife.com. A, a two-for-one deal in, in, in Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two wives. Get them on. Two, how come your mum is here with two wives? Two this wives. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where you are. Let's talk about Reaper Man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Listen, when we're talking about making podcasts, you have to know that it's very easy and that anyone <laughs> it's can do it. Extremely easy. Oh my god. I don't if, know. Oh I haven't. God, it's so easy. I have been holding back making a joke about cum for like an hour and a half now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to release it? Nay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's actually gonna, do gonna, a. Let's do a proper improv bit here. Um, I'm gonna give okay. you a location. But you know me, Janosh. I'm a I'm a salt of the earth, uh, blue collar uh, okay. improv guy. I didn't go to no fancy college. Okay. Well, the way improv works is you're gonna get a location, and then you're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna say something to you, and then you have to say yes and, and then you get to make a cum joke. Yes and. That's not how it works, George. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it seems like Yana is the one who isn't yes and incorrectly. I'm being judged by the uh, ivory tower elite academics <laughs> of um, big improv. Yes, I think and working people in this country in have had enough. If your improv isn't good enough, you know. <laughs> We've had enough. We're sick up to our back teeth. Of, of you of improv um, elites metropolitan uh, east coast <laughs> liberal um rootless oh god uh-huh. uh <laughs> improv improv, improv students yeah who, um it's people like you that there's no good jobs in the old improv minds of my hometown <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh, also, I'm still waiting for that cum joke. <laughs> oh, I never had one. <laughs> I just, it was I could have made it one. Was all a bit. Uh, well, and you didn't. Yeah. Yes, and uh, have you seen all those improv teachers unions? Just complete criminals going around asking for money to teach people improv. Yeah, they're when really... I was at uni, they didn't even teach you improv. You know. Mm. None of that left-wing bullshit. Yeah, or you know, honestly, they're good like, old sketch comedy. That's what I was raised they're on. They're really like really thriving now. Like they're gonna offer like Zoom improv lessons for money. Oh Imag- God, imagine attending. So that. I think it's it's disgusting that uh, we now have international <laughs> gig economy tech ba- tech startups where you can just press a button on your phone and you have. Some poor underpaid uh, <laughs> <laughs> improv comedian comes straight to your door on a bike, <laughs> and and is is paid about half of what what, uh-huh. what they once once in, back in the day before mass immigration yes. from the uh-huh. poor poor improv countries. <laughs> uh huh. Um, you know, I hear they they import people specifically to yes and your jokes these days. You can just like. You can get them online, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. And scene. Imagine well done, like, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back. 
<laughs> imagine being the person who like you know you can't go outside really you can't meet up with friends um there's no jobs uh no hope and no cash improv um uh-huh. but imagine this being the the point in your life where you decided you're gonna pay a guy money so that he teaches you how to be funny <laughs> 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 you know, there isn't enough money in the world to uh, to teach some of us to be funny. Yeah. Some things you're born with. If you've got it, um, flaunt it. Can't be learned. If you've got it, flaunt it. That's why I have five podcasts. Okay. okay. Flaunt it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, Reaper Man. Yeah. There's um, a pretty funny bit where they the wizards have to fight a compost. Improv teacher. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, the improv teachers are yeah. coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Murder the Dwarf gets like smothered by a compost and then the um wizards have to fight them off. I love the Dean getting really like hyped into like fighting masculinity and yeah. he's like put stripes on his face and he keeps like saying yo. He thinks <laughs> he's in yo now. Yes. <laughs> I like how good. I like how he has to explain what that stay, saying yo is just like, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just what cool guys say in their Curry is like, oh, like jolly good. <laughs> <laughs> Ritkali just doesn't understand cool, which is fine. He's his top, own brand of cool. Top notch. Yeah. I mean, he's the real cool <laughs> one because he doesn't give a shit. He just yeah. wants to drink wow, wow sauce and uh, shoot things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which exactly. Yeah. All wizards. <laughs> do is eat hot wow wow sauce be bisexual and lie <laughs> I accept that for Ridkley I think it's true damn do you think there's Ridkley fan fiction there okay. is uh, mm. oh who wins you sound very certain I, I honestly I don't remember I remember seeing um, Rincewind slash Ponda Stibbons fanfic which is a very weird pairing I don't think they I ever interact no, not, not meaningful no Ooh, we do we do hear about the high energy building for the first time here okay, as yeah. well. Yes, that was one of the things I f- I f- didn't. And also, uh, did we mention that Morris and his amazing rodents uh, show up? Yeah, they've been mentioned. Speaking of Maurice <laughs> and his educated rodents, yeah, they're in this it's... book briefly. They're mentioned as like a scam that some guy was doing. Which uh, it is. <laughs> I have not read that book, so. It's really mm. good. I'm very excited. It's so good. Yeah, I heard it's great. When is it in the canon? Like, how far through is it? Quite far through. I think it was in, like, 2000 or something. Yeah, it's pretty late. That's why I haven't read it, because I read, like, most of the early books, but not some yeah. of the later ones. It's, I think it's the first, yeah, it's his first young adult book. He wrote it between The Last Hero and Nightwatch. Yeah, so this is the 28th mm-hmm. novel, so he must have written this book and then just been like, okay, I will file <laughs> this away for later. He <laughs> does that a lot, I think. Um, because uh, like, I noticed, I didn't mention it last week because I didn't want to spoil this for Lucy, but um, in Moving Pictures, when Gaspard's about to die, he goes, is there like an, a specific death of dogs that comes and is wearing like a mm. like a robe and has a scythe and i was like okay so this is terry thinking up his next book yeah <laughs> okay so i'm looking through like uh ritkali fanfic most of them are ritkali slash weatherwax mm. that makes sense i mean it's it's like kind of confirmed 
in Lords yeah, and Ladies. Yeah, it's pretty so. much canon, sort of. So. Uh, it makes sense. There is one, like, critically slash Ponda Stibbons, which I'm not sure age difference-wise. Yeah. Other than that, there's a ton of... Oh, there's 124 results for Ritkali, by the way. <laughs> Pretty uh, good. I don't see other, like, pairings for him. I get, weirdly, um, a lot of Discworld fanfic writers are not very horny, it seems. Yeah, which you, you'd expect them to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're putting out a call to action here. You need to make some really, I found, you know, really risque Discworld fanfic. I found a Supernatural... Discworld, Wincest crossover fanfic. So it does have oh Dean Winchester slash Sam Winchester <laughs> as the main ship, but it also has oh no. inexplicably Ritkali and Ponda Stevens in it. That's um, that's very cursed. Thank you, whoever wrote bad. that. That's, um, that's pretty grim. <laughs> you should be proud of the, the damage you've done to Charlotte's brain right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Few people Thank you can few people much. can scratch that that varnish. Like I will look at this. What the concept is? Um, the varnish on my brain is very shallow. But it is also a transmogrification <laughs> thing. So I wonder. It says uh, hmm? there's more Discworld characters that show up. Oh, it's like I think it seems like a real world AU where it's like Discworld happens in America. This is very weird. I don't like that. Discworld is not American. <laughs> yeah, but super. I don't like to see Americans write Discworld. You know, it's just wrong to me. They just do it badly. I'm yeah, sorry. Get out of here, you scamps. I mean, I know that I approve of um, the Watch TV series, yes. but apart from that, don't but like to see Americans like writing fan the, fiction. The showrunner of the Watch is British. It's just done yeah. by BBC America, but it's still. And I think a lot of the actors are as well. Yeah, I just don't like to see Americans do it, you know. Obviously, I support every single adaption, whatever it's like, but, like, just, uh, I don't know. You, you're not allowed. That's what that's right, I'm telling you not to make things. <laughs> America, know. please stop. A hiatus on all art for... No um, art. Ten years art from, from America um, to make up yeah. for the fact that we all have to watch Hollywood movies. Yeah, because I don't want to. S- some of them are right. All I want to watch is the Nice Guys starring... Um, <laughs> nice Guys Cinematic Universe. Starring Russell Crowe and uh, the other Ryan one. Ryan uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And that's the only movie I want to see for the next five years. So get on that, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an interesting economic project. You give everyone in America money to re- do their own remake of the Nice Guys shot for shot. I don't want to shot for shot. Oh, no, I just want to see more shot. stories. I want to see a love story. Okay, let's... <laughs> this, this, like, Wincest fanfic doesn't even seem to be completed. So Ritkali and uh, Ponda doesn't even show up. That's lame. Oh, that's, that's, uh, they're teasing <laughs> us there. Like. <laughs> Only the Wincest yeah. shows up, so I got the tags. Not, Oh my god, I also found it. <laughs> You're gonna hate this one. This one's called The Dalek Invasion of Discworld. Okay, no, I do not care for this. It's just by Neil Game. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Doctor uh, Who is it, it's kind of bad. Uh huh. Yes, but it's also not good at the that. same time. Surprising number of veterinary Vimes fanfiction. I think we've yeah. mentioned this before. But yeah. I th- it's because they have charged and witty conversations a lot. Yeah, can, that's so understandable. People are like, damn, they want to fuck. Yeah, you can just Which. write slash fic about any <laughs> two characters who interact. 
Yeah, and I support that. <laughs> or even if they don't interact. Do you have those are called rare pairs, and they can be the best. Uh, schlappel, schlappel veterinary fan fiction is what I want. Oh wow, no, that's good. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. They I want love Schlappel. Have we mentioned Schlappel? Yeah, Schlappel's fucking great. I love him. I want to support him. He needs a loving <laughs> uh, home and a good cellar. Yeah. Schlappel is a bogeyman. Um, he's around for the for the ride. He's helping out. He's hiding behind a door. Uh, bogeyman also become an important plot point in a later book. Love their introduction here. Very nice. Love Schlappel. Yeah, he's great. We completely forgot to mention him so far, but... Uh, yeah. That's some great... So many great plots. Yeah, great, like comedic moments uh, with Mr. Flapper and we love to see it. Yeah, and with the banshee that slides notes under people's doors. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of a brick joke where he gives um, he gives a note to Wendell Poons and then later on Miss Flitworth asks Death how he knows he's going to die and he shows her the note that he's also received <laughs> under his door, which is very funny. The note that It is just like Birdie Harley. Um, what? <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm, we, making, I'm gonna making a little reference to, we, to Louise's song. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's not a great good. funny bit. Um, I don't know how we feel about this one where, like, Mrs. Cake predicts the conversation. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's pretty it's funny. Pretty funny. It's kind of kind of distress or kind of hard to read because you have to like read back what was uh, you have to kind of read backward but i guess it's intentional because the characters feel the same way yeah how do we feel about her funny native spirit guide yeah um it's fine i think i i think he's supposed to be a like it's it's very much not uh it's very much like this is this is silly kind of thing Uh, yeah and it is it's 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 undercut by the fact that he's just like a bloke (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just a dude. Yeah, it didn't really register to me as a native spirit thing. Um, it's yeah, even if it is, like I'm not saying it is. Yeah, it, you know, it's it, well, yeah, it is. Me- mediums, uh, I don't know about any other places, but in Britain especially, they trade on connections with Romany, pre- Romany and traveler people. Okay, <laughs> and and with like, um, and with uh, uh, bringing it like claiming connections to like spirit guides of like native american or african uh, origin mm. okay i did not know about like that bit of british culture so um yeah i mean like traditionally uh romany people yeah like did did ha- do sort of palmistry and whatnot you can get it on weymouth beachfront and a lot of old sort of traditional seafront entertainment places there'll often be a little booth a booth you can go in and cross someone's palm with silver all right, I'm gonna do that the next time I'm in. And then tell you you'll meet a tall, dark, handsome stranger. Oh, I would love yeah. to. And then you look round, and it's death. Oh no! <laughs> I got Ooh. tricked. Oh shit! He got you. <laughs> I got horny for this ho- uh, uh, this tall, dark person, but now mm-hmm. it was just death. Yeah. Um, I will say, he says something, and you you realize it's Mister Rochester in disguise, and you're like, God fucking damn it! Why am I married to this man? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, can we talk about Death's feet on the cover? <laughs> okay, it doesn't show him feet. They're really fucked Death up. Is that, that's feet. not how they work. But this is like this is Josh Kirby's thing that he just can't. <laughs> he likes the feet. He can't for his life 
draw hands or feet. Like they're gonna be, they're gonna look incredibly <laughs> fucked up always. He should work for Marvel Comics. <laughs> 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 I mean, I know, like, I know he's a skeleton, but yeah, these feet are really fucked up. This guy has like, <laughs> a, like, huge feet deformity. Like, there's, 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 there's some congenital or path, like pathogenic uh, pathology here. Mm-hmm. I have a theory about Josh Kirby. And it is that he okay. will just refuse to look at any references for. Oh no, for you're absolutely. Right. I don't think he believes in it. <laughs> you're absolutely. Believe in references. I respect. He's, him. Just... He's the only illustrator yeah, I like same. out of anyone who exists. I I hate art um, except for Josh Kirby's drawings. We all hate art on this podcast. <laughs> As established, Theater, this is a podcast terrible. for people who hate Poetry, art. Awful. Yeah, this is Literature, an anti-art, anti-intellectual podcast. In case you haven't noticed, we don't like books. We hate books. Don't be thinking. We barely like movies. We only like Citizen Kane and Venom. <laughs> yeah, and the nice guys. Oh, the nice that's guys. true. Sorry, we just Crow and Ryan Shane Black's uh, twenty fifteen classic. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Listen, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Because it feels like a... I haven't seen it, which is insane. I have seen it. Uh, I remember enjoying it. Yeah. It was a while I don't ago. think it's as funny as The Nice Guys, but it's still pretty good. Like You should watch it. It's, especially it is good. If that's your... If like... Because you're the biggest Nice Guys fan I have met in my life. I remember seeing Nice Guys in the cinema and I laughed a lot. I thought it was very funny, but I haven't rewatched it. I am the world's biggest Nice yeah. Guys fan, so... It so be, it's yep. interesting that you haven't, you're not familiar with Shane Black's previous oeuvre. Well, you should... Yeah, I don't tend to follow, like, filmmakers. I just see a film and I'm like, this is now one of my favourite films and I will mm. not look at any of their other movies. Well, Janos, you should hear Charlotte talk passionately about Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I have seen Iron Man 3. Okay. That was fine. For a Marvel movie. Yeah, I feel like Shane Black was like, these films are dumb. I'm going to make something that intentionally makes the film seem kind of dumb. I think he did that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, to be honest. Ben Kingsley's pretending to be a, a radical Islamic terrorist. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's like a thing in the comics. And I, I know people got very upset about the fake out of that character or whatever. But no, was, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was much more interesting than like scary foreign man. Yeah, exactly. And as established, I love things that try to alienate their fans on purpose. I think it's very funny. So. Yeah. Mm. If you like Pretty something, good. fuck you. If you like something, then have you considered just being hated by the author? Mm-hmm. You deserve it for liking something. <laughs> um, if Shane Black turned to me and was like, I hate Nice Guys, it's a shit film, I would be like, you're right, I deserve this. <laughs> but I also love it. No, I'm a little piss pig. It's just interesting to me that you don't have the... Piss all over me, it's I, I fine. guess it's just interesting to me that you don't have the instinct that I have when I see something I like, which is, uh, oh, I want to see more like this. I do, but it won't be exactly the same. So rather than watching Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I will just mm. put on Nice Guys 2015 again, and then I will read fan fiction about the Nice Guys 2015. Fucked up that I, I tricked you into hosting a David actually... Lynch podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope it is actually um, from 2015, because that was me guessing. It may not Sounds be. accurate. I think it, it might have been, honestly. 2016? Oh, it's 2016, 2016. you're right. Because, yeah, I remember it coming oh. out in, like, January. Yeah, uh, I wished it with Alec when we, when we were in our first flat. That's not true. It came out in May. <laughs> I, I, I just remember watching it with a 
a friend group that uh, imploded like half a year later Ooh. because one of them was cheating on the other one with one of the other people in my friend group. Oh, that's a classic that's fucking move. I great. love that. <laughs> <laughs> and also that person he was cheating with on the original person has also slept with the fourth per- or the fifth person in our friend group. I was the only one who hasn't slept with either of them or hasn't you know, so cheated we- on either In a way, you're the winner, I think. <laughs> You would that's that that sounds like something from a sitcom where like they'd all wrapped into into like arguments like shouting and you'd just be sat there in the corner like hands on your knees like oh no <laughs> you're just like eating spaghetti you'd or zoom something. in on your face and like a like a sting and the music would play yeah very very funny thing that happened at a leavers thing at my school where there was a similar drama in my friend group where one person was sleeping with one person well at the same time trying to date another person and hmm. they were they everyone was doing the macarena <laughs> and um they were dancing with the person who they were trying to date and the person who they were sleeping with who liked them more than they liked them uh every time they turned around to face them while doing the macarena started crying but then they would sort of slow down oh my god <laughs> but then when they went when they did the full circle back to that side again they would start crying again that's incredible <laughs> i have never heard of like this sounds like something that if it happened in a movie i would say what an incredibly cheap thing that you're pulling out of your head yep. to try to make the macarena sad <laughs> it was it was i just yeah i was like this is terrible in a way but in another way this is brilliant and i this is the highlight it's incredibly (laughs) yeah Yeah, satirists i think satirists have to struggle to 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 make things like believable and turn them down otherwise it's just sort of ben stiller fast comedy real life is always done yeah always sometimes you have a president who claims that he has won the election and he seems to accidentally hold a press conference in a garden center sometimes sometimes your character admits his love for another character before being immediately sucked into super mega hell for the evil gaze yeah. and that's just um, life like I, I do think that is just extremely accurate and, and the backlash happens because it's just too accurate to, to real life yeah people want fantasy they want escapism mm. not like an accurate betrayal of how life yeah. actually is people want like good gay representation and I think that's no. cringe of them <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want to see want them. Bad representation. Want to see them suffer. I'm honestly happier that this yeah. happened rather than it being like good representation. Yeah, imagine this how insufferable Supernatural fans would have become if uh, they had gotten a good Destiel thing after 15 seasons. <laughs> 15 seasons. Uh, at some point, like uh, after like being tricked along with a carrot on a string just in front of your face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you, you stop chasing the carrot, surely. <laughs> You'd think so. You can find carrots elsewhere, you know, and they're not on a string. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, this will be a good success pictures um, cartoon, actually. <laughs> uh, you're, yeah. you're going through a field <laughs> full of is... carrots. Hey, you can... You don't, you don't need the carrots. You can find, like, food that is actually going to fill you up and tastes good. Yeah. Or it would be a Ben Garrison cartoon, and it'd be like... Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> And the person with the carrot on the stick is just like George Soros for some reason. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 
I I'm yeah. so upset by the George Soros thing because it's the it's just the anti-Hungarian sentiment that really gets to me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the Hungarian government like at war with him? <laughs> the Hungarian government is also at war with him because they see him as someone who betrayed Hungary. Because he's not racist enough. Because he's Jewish. It's yeah. incredibly fucked up. What a good country. And George Soros does suck. Yeah, he's a billionaire. Just yeah, for, well, for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, he's done other stuff. Uh, yeah. Didn't he make all his money shorting the, the pound? Yeah, the, he did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, crashed the British economy. Incredible <laughs> so actually, stuff. actually you, a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Please, George, crash us some more. Mm. Not that you actually need to. Can we crash any to. further? No, not really. Okay. Um, please give me well, some more money so I can spread liberal propaganda on this podcast. George, please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> um. do, do, donate two hundred thousand a month. This is like um, something that I think uh, we will right wing podcast would like actually do to make a Patreon tier. That is, mm, this is the four thousand dollar Patreon tier only for George Soros. If he pays that to us, we will stop podcasting. I mean that that's the H kit. Uh, Patreon tier is the is the George. Oh, George is it? <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Well, <laughs> it's fine. None of the, the HKIP hosts listens to this, so haven't, haven't you no. heard of the HKIP to Fash pipeline? Famously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because first you want Henry Kissinger to die. Yeah, that's very nasty. Wishing death on people. Exactly, it's a slippery slope. That's true. We liberals shouldn't Luckily, be doing like such do things. <laughs> <laughs> have you considered the sanctity of liberal mm. democracy have you considered mm. that liberal henry democracy is very good for everyone no one is harmed by it have you considered that mm-hmm. while henry kissinger is is a war criminal he also might have children and it would be mm. very mean to his family to wish death upon him it reminds me of a story about this this um this german leader back in the uh-huh. 19th century, the 20th century yes. and everyone was very very mean to him and he ended up he ended up killing himself mm-hmm. from the pressure of, of, of it all and he not only did he kill himself he also killed his wife and his new wife and his two dogs yeah it's it very sad we shouldn't you know, be mean to these we shouldn't people, have even if we disagree you know what them. could have prevented that george if his friends had just taken the time to like send him a text every now and then and be like hey hey man how are you yeah. feeling do you need to Jack- talk to anyone that could we could have saved him <laughs> hey furious you have feelings we have feelings too <laughs> uh, okay <All> okay <laughs> um okay we're coming to the end We've now been recording for two um, hours we have to stop I yeah. feel like yeah. there's this important stuff that we didn't talk about. Yeah, but we got another episode. We had to do a, a, an improv bit about improv instead. Mm. So, <laughs> so we, and talk about Hitler's mental health. Yeah, we had to. But we we got quite a lot of discussion. Explain in, I think. why podcasting is great. So, if you agree, let us yeah. know. If you think podcasting is cringe and you hate to listen to this, um, then please. Yeah. St- uh, you know stop listening to us just just if you you know look if you donate to our patreon you don't have to listen to this this is <laughs> everyone else does if you're the if you're the guy who said we need a script editor then then please donate to our patreon so <laughs> we can afford paying one yeah we could get a script editor if you give us money well, we'd have to um, employ someone to write a script first 
Yeah, I can't imagine a script being very good. Imagine someone having to like think about how we talk uh, and trying to write a script you, for like our speech patterns. Th- that, that's basically RPF. <laughs> if someone wrote that for us. Oh my gosh, you're right though. Please write RPF with us. I, I would, would love, love to. to. I, if if you write real person fanfic of us, um, please do it and let us know that you wrote it. I don't know if I want to read it, but I want to know if you have written it. That'd be interesting. I, I think I also want pod. to read it. Other other content creators will be like, "This is weird and creepy, yeah. and you shouldn't do it." But they're cowards, and I, I don't understand them because I want to do it and I want to read it. We'll read it out on a Patreon episode. Yeah, come around my but house. Only if you it's don't good. even have to ask. I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to George. He's a coward. We can talk in um, tail. It'll be nice. <laughs> I I love friends. Please join our Discord and join the conversation. Yes. It's um, good, yeah. We've been watching Red Dwarf and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, also Twin Peaks. Also Twin Peaks. Um, also, we talked about... What did we talk about today? We talked about a bunch of stuff. Oh my God. We talked about the why every measurement that isn't metric sucks shit. And everyone agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had um, some anti-European sentiment on our Discord. I'm sorry. You damn um, Europeans. With your cheese and bread. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Brie and butter. Uh, fuck it. I'm just scrolling um, through. Yeah, uh, One of our Patreons uh, said that our Patreon episodes um, got him to get back to writing his novel again that he put on hold because... So... Yeah, this this thing, I think, I think I might have to leave the podcast if we're inspiring people to write. <laughs> 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 Don't create. I have never created anything. Uh uh-huh. you're creating right now. I'm sorry, George. Fuck. Um <laughs> look in a mirror and you're already creating content. Yeah, he said listening to um, you guys mock people who talk about writing being hard has been good for making me get over myself and open my manuscript. So there you go. Tough love is the best way to motivate people. It's the way for it. It's the way for it. And Cheers, I mate. think we were right about being mean. And we're also right. Writing is really easy. It's um, so fucking easy, oh my god. And if you if you want to hear us write really easy, good book, then donate to our Patreon at One Currency a month, and you can listen to us write and read out our funny young adult fiction, as well as a bunch of other episodes where we just talk about shit and hang out and do stuff. You know. Um, or you can donate five currency, and we will read out your name on the podcast, and you'll get a special Discord thing. Yeah, you'll get a special um, colour in our Discord. <laughs> You're... Yeah, which your is name very is exciting, going to and be I'm green. Sure imagine, imagine your name being green. Yeah, green for money. Your, uh, right. your name in green. <laughs> your name in green. <laughs> God, we're very professional uh, here on Who Watches the Watch. Here are the people whose names are green. Uh, I'm. <laughs> we're actually going to be hiring Mackenzie Consultant consultancy uh to to sort out our business plan properly so expect a new yeah. professional face all right we need a script that script, script editor to <laughs> cut out all of this um special thanks <laughs> to all our mm-hmm. five euro and above patreons and those people are gigantic larry slime simon boyfriend of the show tom aka hank the tank justin crandall milk succubus Evan DM and Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens. I'm sure you'll all agree that's an unconscionable number of people, um, but you can make it yeah. more unconscionable if you choose to uh, donate. Uh, so bear that in if, mind. If we anyway. get more patrons, <laughs> our episodes are gonna become even longer. So 
They will not. They will, by um, two seconds but... of which it takes to read out their names. Oh, yeah, that's true. You get to hear our voices just saying names, which is yeah. what you want from this. Yeah. If, if, if more of you join, uh, eventually we won't be able to say everyone's names uh, in good conscience because it will take, take too much time. So <laughs> if, if you don't like hearing this bit, <laughs> uh-huh. get, get your friends to sign up. <laughs> Exactly. I don't think we're getting. You can, you can skip this. I'm if a you natural just salesman. I think I should. I should have gone to advertising school. Yeah. Uh, so this has been a very funny podcast about improv that I'm sure you enjoyed. Um, and obviously next week we'll be finishing Reaper Man, which is exciting. Another one bites the dust. Am mm. I right? I don't fear the Reaper. So <laughs> another one uh, bites the dust. Good. Good Blue Oyster Cult song. Don't fear the reaper. The song of this of this uh, episode. Maybe I'll put that in just because I love it. It's a pretty good song. It's pretty good. I, I wish yeah, it had more cowbell. Am I right? I shut up. I hate that. That's the reference. Okay. <laughs> Upsetting. Listen, when quiet, I yeah. when I release my when I finish writing and release my Blue Oyster Cult jukebox uh-huh. musical is over for everyone. I love um, to make my friends angry. Me too. <laughs> Um, I'll see you. We'll see you next week. Until then, Bjorn Strong in the Arm is my uncle, Efaith. Efaith, yeah. Egads. Please, do- um, dox me. Happy president. Um, yeah, <laughs> the president. Please, dox George. Please think about, think uh, about making history, Joe. Um, if you're listening to this parody satire. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's up to you now, Joe. Give it a go. Um, Schleppel is the, the, the noise that uh, is my Joe knuckle. Biden's brain makes when it melts <laughs> and pours out of his ear during the, during, <laughs> during his first address to the nation. <laughs> Granny Weatherwax says uh-huh, fuck Granny Weatherwax yeah, now more than ever. says Destiel is canon. <laughs> Granny Weatherwax says Destiel is canon. Um, um, <laughs> um, Dean from Supernatural says um, he's yeah. homophobic. If you if you want to put a this is a little advice for you TV writers here if you consider making a gay ship canon why not make it homophobic just give it put that extra push in and just make it incredibly homophobic because we all here on who watches the watch we love to we see love it. homophobia um, <laughs> we just love to see homophobia yeah. um, <laughs> comrade. Comrade Biden uh, says, uh, "Smash, smash yeah. the tans." Camilla yeah. uh, is one is of... nation. Joe Biden in Smash Bros. Uh, twenty twenty one. Go slay uh, Queen Yas. Okay, <laughs> bye everyone. <laughs> Stand, Stand Nigel. Nigel. Stand Nigel. listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details